Welcome, fellow anglers, to the Working Class Fishing Podcast, a place for all anglers, amateur or expert, to share their stories and learn about fishing. Join your hosts, John and Brian, each episode as they debunk the perceived inaccessibility to fishing, break down the barriers of any and all angling methods, and hear stories from other anglers and their own journeys with fishing. Now, let's get this show started. Welcome back to another episode of the Working Class Fishing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and here is the esteemed Mr. John Morris with our sponsors. Well, welcome back, everyone. This episode of Working Class Fishing is brought to you by Max and Outfitters, Lid Rig, Angarooster Fly Company, 317 Flies, and Morris Fly Co. Go check out our sponsors. Uh, really great people. They got a lot of really great codes for you. Awesome. Thanks, John. And Tonight's very special guest. We this one's been a long time in the waiting. Uh, we have Allie, also known as Ladies and Waities, on Instagram. Uh, we got to know Allie. I don't know, probably six, seven months ago. I started seeing all these uh, uh, little clips and reels of like mustaches and everything. I was like, "Hey, I recognize that spot. Oh, I know where that's at." And I was like, "Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Seattle. Oh, really cool. So got another PNW representing person on here, and uh, we're super excited to have you on, Allie, uh, and and just talk about like whatever. We're well, we'll talk about fishing, of course, but you know. <laughs> We're, we're going to talk about whatever. So thank you for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Stoked to be here. I mean, I do feel like we had this on the books maybe like July of this year. It really snuck up on me. I looked at my calendar. I was like, oh, man, this is like two weeks from now. You need to be ready. Well, th thankfully, you look at your Instagram because I'm like, hey, you ready to go? You know, I, I send you a message and it, you're like, yeah, yeah. But what are we going to talk about? Fishing, of course, <laughs> and more fishing. But, you know, and then John's like, hey, dude, you talked to Allie today? I was like, I said, well, I talked to her a couple of days ago, but I'll send her another message, make sure we're all good. And so we, we coordinated it. We made it happen, everything else. And here we are now. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm super stoked to talk about fishing. I, uh, I announced it to everyone upstairs that I was working with. I was like, everyone, I got to go downstairs now. I'm on a podcast today. We will be playing this episode live in the office, whether everyone wants to hear it or not. So everyone's going to be hearing this over here. Well, make sure each and every one of you that are listening to it in the office today, go over to Spotify or Apple and follow us and leave us five stars because that's going to be really important. And yeah, so there, there's the marketing plug. So yes, yeah, this is going to be good times. Right on. So Allie, you, you're out and about in the PNW, but you've also, you went up to Alaska, you've been all these other places. I'm guess we're just going to start with all the stock standard stuff, but what got you into fishing? Oh man, I am super green in the arena of fly fishing, honestly. So I lived in Philly until like October of last year. I didn't pick up fly fishing till a couple months after, you know, COVID shut the entire world down. I was living in Philly at the time, the entire city, nothing was going on. Everything was closed. My job was fully remote. Um, I lived with my best friend at the time. And we were just kind of like, what's keeping us here? There's nothing to do in the state of Pennsylvania, especially on the east side of it. So she had been in a relationship with someone that she used to fly fish with. It was kind of just like, hey, I don't have anyone to fish with anymore. I'd really love to do this again. And I take literally zero pressure to do anything. If it sounds like a good idea, I'm like, yeah, we're going to give this a whirl. 
I like went on Amazon. I bought a setup for maybe like a hundred bucks from some brand I'd never heard of. They sent me a little fly box. All of the flies were like made of yarn, like things you have <laughs> would never throw, would never work. But like, do I still have them in my fly box? Of course. Because maybe one day, you know, we'll just I decide to throw this like, they're like, you know, three inches long, these big red felt things. I'm not sure what they're even supposed to mimic. But I'm oh. like, this'll do. This'll be fine. So bought that, packed up our car, just like drove out west, wound up in Meeker, Colorado first, which I'd never heard of. I mean, it's, a, it's like a one lane city or I guess town, I guess. Fish the White River. And you know, I don't know, something about putting on waders for the first time. Like I went on a power trip. I was like, I know. <laughs> Same way like a powerful politician feels like when they put on like their first custom suit. I put those waiters on like these are never coming off. This is it. This is me now. We uh, we went out this morning or that morning with like a guy that had guided that river for like decades. I caught my first trout. I was like, this is it. I need I need nothing else in my life. This is this is all I want. And then after that, it was just. Yeah, there, there's nothing keeping me in Philly. You know, we kept going back out. It was like Wyoming, Idaho, uh, Washington, Oregon, like all these great places. And then I go back east. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, why do people live on the East Coast? So last September, I was out in Washington. Uh, we went down to Wyoming and we were like, we rented a tent and we're fishing around there. I just kind of woke up one morning. I was like, I'm going to quit my job today. And I'm gonna move out here and I'm not gonna go back to Philly anymore because I wanna fish and do fun things outside. So uh, I quit, found a job in uh, like a tiny tech company in Seattle and packed up my house and moved out within like a month. And I've never looked back. Hell it's yeah. Fantastic out here. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I mean like, I understand why you would go back like if you fish out here and like this is your back like your back uh like out your back door right like i have like washington oregon all these places within like six hours why would you leave I mean, like even even alaska it's a two-hour flight from here yeah beautiful up it's there it's really close yeah. i mean like that fishing's ridiculous like even like you fish these rivers around here, like you think this is it. Like you go out there, you're like shoulder to shoulder with like 50 people on the side of a river. Like it's, I mean, like I got hooked immediately, like no pun intended. It was fantastic, but still super new. Like I've only been fishing for three years. So like I have a ton to learn. I'm constantly learning from different people. And like every river you fish, you have to do something else. It's like, you're constantly figuring out what works. So it's exciting. Oh, super, super cool. Well, that's, that's awesome. <clears throat> that is like, I don't know. That's, that's like incredible. Like I, I'm trying to find words to put to that. Like, I think you're living how so many people like want to, <laughs> like that's, 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 that's really, I don't know. That gives me hope. That makes me want to do it. <laughs> I mean, it probably took me like five years pull the trigger like I would like back in like 2014 2015 I would just shoot my resume out there to like all companies in like Portland Ben Seattle like get these interviews lined up get something on the table and like not be able to pull the trigger I, I'm I think I feel like COVID just like put things in perspective for so many people where they're just kind of like we just lost two years of our lives like what are we waiting for what are we doing it's like I'm 
I don't want to be in Philly anymore. Like, why would I want to be someplace I don't want to be? I can't fish a lot out here. Like, screw it, going. So when when you were in Philly, though, I mean, you, you got into the fly fishing. And um, where did you fish there at all, like in, in Pennsylvania? Or did you, like, you, you got your fly rod and then you came out west and, like, this is where it happened? I mean, like, we would try. I'd go down to Delaware and, like, fish some cricks down there or like go up towards like northern Pennsylvania I'm told there's great fishing in like central PA like out towards Harrisburg or like even further west out by Pittsburgh I never fished it while I lived out there unfortunately um I'm told Ohio too has some real great steelhead fishing but no I, I would go back and I would spin fish a little bit or like do lakes for bass mainly in like Jersey or you know somewhere around there but fly fishing not so much yeah I, you know the that i was gonna say when you said oh i'm coming out west to fish of course we have awesome fly fishing water but i didn't uh, we have a good friend who's like the world's greatest euro nymph forever period uh and he lives in pa and uh and him and his gang of guys i mean they go out there and they beat on browns like nobody's business and bows and palominos everything they're really good we're in Pennsylvania. Where, where's uh, Marty at? Uh, well, I'm not going to say where Marty's at, but he's in central PA. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he's in central PA. And uh, yeah, like western PA, uh, up, <clears throat> up towards the Erie Tribs, like bordering Ohio, you've got like some unreal, bro- you've got really good brook trout fishing, you've got musky, you've got uh, lake run steelhead, all that kind of stuff. So if you ever go back, not that you want to you've got a lot of really great fishing opportunities yeah my point even there was that like philly is like a six hour drive from these places right so when you think about it like do i want to live in seattle drive six hours and be in bozeman or do i want to live in mm-hmm. philadelphia drive six hours and be in pittsburgh <laughs> Pennsylvania's fine we were having this conversation with a couple other folks uh, about distance and, and drive john and yeah that ali that's like the best summation of it because when we talk about driving six hours it literally takes us that long to get across our states out here yeah uh, driving three hours eh, who cares you want to go down to the coast two hours eh, whatever it's not that big of a deal but somebody in, in you know the east coast like six hours they're like oh god i think it's because the traffic sucks so bad and it's bumper to bumper, and you got to look at some dude picking his nose in one lane. I mean, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say Seattle's any better. You know, no. you go drive through Seattle. That, that's that's all I have to say. Go I five north or south, and right there at the Alaska Viaduct, everything just shuts down. It's like done. So I would just rather get on a ferry <laughs> if I'm going to the San Juans and just go. I I'll go float and I'll look at the Ferris wheel. I'll be like, oh cool, Seattle. I'm so glad I'm not on the freeway. But the difference is, yeah, you're not moving on the freeway, but that lasts for like maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. East Coast, like you sit in those cities, you spend like an hour in the car and I've moved about two miles and then I drive six hours and I'm in Delaware. Mm -hmm. Whereas like if you like put a little pin in Seattle, put like a little six hour radius out, I feel like you got better quality there. You know, I'm not biased or anything, but, you know, just saying. (laughs) Dang, man, I never First thought of it. Drive, right? like you're driving past mountains, you're driving past 
you know, trees. It, it's like a one lane road. Like you have stuff to look at where, I don't know, my, my experience back East is like, it's, you know, like swamps or another freeway or just develop or develop land and commercial buildings. It's kind of an eyesore. Yeah, absolutely. I sound like I'm a big bummer on the East Coast. I loved Philly and I loved my time. <laughs> Great time. I spent many years out there. It was tremendous, just not for me. So what are some fish that so Allie, I'm not gonna lie, the only thing I know about you is you do mustache Mondays. And I also do mustache Mondays. Yeah. So, yeah. So um <laughs> But I have seen some of your catches. I mean, what are what are some of your most memorable fish that you've been blessed enough to catch at this point? Oh man, I I was fishing the Kenai River and the Russian rivers Ooh, this July, yeah. time ever, and those were I think those were the first salmon that I caught on a fly rod. I had done um I was in Vancouver Island or up in Vancouver Island earlier in the summer and caught a few salmon then, but it was, I mean, you're off a boat. It's really, it was not a ton of work. You're pretty much just trolling and catching them, but fishing that confluence up uh, on the Kenai and pulling that, I mean, like big salmon, they were like, I've never caught a fish that big on a fly rod. Like I've maybe ice fishing and stuff, but pulling those out of the water for the first time, like I, I think I just thought, ear to ear smile every single time I could not control myself and now like I every July have to go back have to fish up there and like so that's one of the things I love about fly fishing too in the community like what brought me up there was I had done a fly fishing retreat in Montana earlier that year met someone that was from Alaska and she was just like you should come fish out here got in touch with her and like she showed me all the spots to go how to fish for salmon like all the different techniques like from the east coast and even like when i was bopping around out west i had not fished for salmon a lot i was almost primarily rainbow trout and salmon's just a whole different game mm -hmm. so you know i met someone that showed me the ropes and it was tremendous i mean pulling your first like 15 pound salmon out of the water it was it was amazing like i oh. I, I want everyone to experience it at some point in their lives like that's that's why building a community, that's why talking about fly fishing and like getting people stoked about it is so important. It, it is, it, you know, and the, the Kenai is just, is so beautiful. I've never been there, but I've seen so many like pictures of it. And, you know, and I see pictures of where you guys live too. And it's like, well, well fuck man. It's like, I, Texas <laughs> is, Texas is not a, really is picturesque in a lot of facets but I guess it depends on what you want to see you know but out out west it's beautiful and I, I think that's a big part of the experience of you know the the whole fly fishing I mean in the west you know it, it's you've got these really well you got a lot of really great fisheries not not every fishery is amazing some of them are on the decline but you've got all these really beautiful scenes to go with each of those fish and i think that would be just so awesome <clears throat> to just look back and you know every time you go past that spot in the future like yeah i fucking smoked that 15 inch bow here with a streamer you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, even uh i was fishing the gallatin a few summers ago and we were floating the river and there was just this huge moose on the side of the riverbank so like, just like 
10 feet away from us. And like, that's the shit that you don't see if you're not out there. And like, mm-hmm. those are, you don't see that from the side of the road. Like you're on the river, this thing's like 10 feet away, super dangerous animal. Like, it's just really exciting. It's really great to be out there. Like, I, I just, I can't stop smiling because it just makes me so happy thinking about all this and like thinking about all the other people that have similar experiences and just get so stoked about it. Mm-hmm. Well, so obviously going to Alaska, that's, that's like a destination trip or, you know, Montana is a destination trip. What are you doing around home? Like, are, are you gearing up for winter steelhead right now? Gosh, I'm probably the worst Washington state resident in terms of staying in my own state and fishing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like, I, I tow around Washington rivers. Washington's tough for rainbow trout. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like I'm at a natural disadvantage here. So I'm, I'm very green on the salmon fishing and the steelhead fishing out here. Um, but I do like to go out to the Olympic Peninsula. Went out last, uh, last winter fishing for steelhead for the first time. I'd never spay cast before. So that was, that was a whole other thing, but whipping that rod around that huge 13 foot thing like this yeah, snap weapon in my hand. It was yeah. fantastic. Like I've never <laughs> felt more badass than I did in my waders whipping a spay rod around. Unfortunately got skunk though. Did not two days fish the hoe, fish the bogey and the Kalawa. Damn. Thing on any of them. And nothing. Well, they <laughs> have said that the, the run numbers are low on those rivers. So you know, you, you were probably in all the right spots. You're probably swinging everything right. And if you would have had a fish there, you probably would have locked up. But we had a terrible weekend too. the water levels. I think we had a lot of either snow melt that weekend or just the water was just super high. I mean, it was like top of the banks, really fast water, not making excuses. But like, this is how I justify not catching a fish for three straight days. Having, having the rivers blown? Yeah, it was the rivers. It was the yeah. environment. Like everything was worse. Yeah. Was it yeah. Than me or anything I was doing. No, no, definitely not. Mm-mm. No, we, so, we, that's that's my intro to steelhead here. Like, we'll do the same thing again this year. Give it a second. We'll see how that goes. Have you went down on any of the Columbia River trips to steelhead fish because they do get good returns there? I haven't fished the Columbia yet. No. Uh-uh. Well, uh, fish the tribs. Don't don't go out there in the inland ocean that's long and and big, uh, but fish the trips you got some awesome steelhead trips okay so you know hook up with some of the folks down in this neck of the woods because there's some awesome trips and they start getting early you know there should be fish showing up in the lower river trips now they they should be there and i say should we're talking about river unicorns here they're they're as elusive as a spring chinook but um they should be getting into the trips and i think that you might have a little bit better chances on some of those Columbia trips rather than the OP trips because the there again the OP no brood stocks nothing like that same with the Washington side of the Columbia River trips no brood stocks we're doing it in Oregon now so buy your Oregon license and and your your possibilities are endless for coastal steelhead fishing oh yeah Oregon is high on the list I fished the Deschutes this summer oh yeah Deschutes is gorgeous need to get down to the Rogue River though that one high the rogue up. is pretty bitching yeah, uh, yeah so is the ump the umpqua that's a good one i mean there's all kinds of stuff poor john here he's just like you know the hell with all you people yeah <laughs> <laughs> hey i'm going i'm going on a destination trip i'm going like 
up to a town like 30 minutes away. I'm going to go fish their uh, their town pond this weekend. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be it's going to be pretty rad. You know, it took a lot of planning, but yeah, <laughs> sounds like it's super exotic. Yeah. Can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, hopefully I don't have to fight off any meth heads, but if I do, I'll let you guys know. That's what keep that's what keeps it exotic right there. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm where just, are you going? Oh, I'm going to this park in, you know, the bad side of town. It's gonna be a real adventure. Dude, it's like cart like cart fishermen, like those dudes, they're 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 fucking wild. Like <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta fist fight bums around a fifty five gallon drum to go catch one of these sewer salmon. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, I live in Washington. It's not that different here. No, no. <laughs> never been. Huh. I'll just say Maple Valley, you know, <laughs> take a trip out there. Sorry, sorry to any of our listeners in Maple Valley. I'm not trying to generalize you, but uh, past experiences, okay. <laughs> you know, buying cars and things like that. Just little things, but um, so not really doing much around home but you are you're hitting a lot of your blue ribbon rivers and you're doing a lot of stuff like that and you love you love your rainbow trout i i'm shocked when you say you love rainbow trout and you're not spending like all your time over on the east side of the state because that's where it's happening right now yeah no haven't been over there i continue to just leave the state of washington and then i wonder <laughs> why i keep getting skunked here because i'm not fishing here <laughs> you gotta fish all right I don't want to fish here, so I go somewhere else. I get skunked here. Then I just don't fish Washington. We'll do a better job this summer. We'll we'll work on it. I got my list of Washington rivers. You know, we'll we'll get back out so there. It's going to be an odd number year, so all the sound rivers will be getting returns of pinks. Ooh, okay. So every odd number year, you get a return of pinks on the sound rivers, so keep that in mind. See, I also think Washington is unique in that, like, so I bought a three weight for the first time. I'd never, never thrown three weight before. Got this like tiny little rod in the mail. Like this thing is gorgeous. Bring it backpacking with me whenever I go. And like, you get a lot of those little alpine streams and creeks up there on those trails and the sides and the mountains, catch little baby brookies. Like that's what I think Washington is the best for trout wise. Salmon, like, yeah, salmon, beautiful fishing here. Rainbow trout, not so much, but brookies up in the mountains. Fantastic. What about cutties? I haven't got one in a mountain yet. Oh, well, I, I'm talking about sea run cutties. No, see, that's another like saltwater fishing over in the East Coast. Like that was something I didn't get exposure to. Well, those you ones know, like, come right it. back up those same rivers you're fishing steelhead for. They're Ooh, sea run that. cutthroat trout. They're, they're pretty awesome. It, it's, there's, there again, sky's the limit. You love to hear it. Love yeah. to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so what are, um, you have the spay, you have the experience with spay. And, you know, uh, I was actually listening to the Dave Stewart today and he was talking about some people enjoy just the casting, possibly even more than the fishing aspect of it. And uh, I could see that, but so you got a three weight. I mean, what are some of your tactics, if you will, that you go about? Um, what's your favorite way to fly fish, I guess is the best way to say that. I love a roll cast. I roll casting was one of those things that like when I first started fly fishing, I could not grasp for the life of me. I thought it looked so like I wanted to be someone from river runs through it. Right. I wanted to have my little rod, like whip it back and forth, just look super cool for aesthetics. Not really concerned about whether or not I was catching. 
then when I started to pay more attention to, oh, I should use some techniques, I should pay more attention, maybe do a little bit better. I like dove in on the roll casts. And even when I don't have to roll cast, I just, I like it. I like the movement. Maybe some of it is just like, I like the technique of casting more so than the actual fishing portion of that. But I love a roll cast. I will use that time and time again. That's my tried and true. Or to your, you, if I get bored, maybe I'll do a spay cast on a five way skill sometime and do that. I love the spay cast technique too. Again, I feel super badass when I do it. <laughs> yeah, um, you should uh, you should get the you know the DLC if you will for your roll cast and look and do a roll cast pickup. Oh, that's nice. that's, that's your that's your next step for uh, pickup. Yeah, roll cast pickup. What about the two of y'all? Was your favorite technique? What do you do most often? Uh, I throw streamers like ninety nine percent of the time. Okay. Yeah. So I do a lot of devil hauling. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Well, John, John does the, the streamer game. I, uh, I do a lot of nymphing actually. So I'm, I'm not doing like a bunch of dramatic casting or anything else. I just basically get something heavy out there and drag it through the current. Yeah. Huh. And that's what I do. But, there again, you're talking to a guy that doesn't really like, I'm not like, oh, it's got to be fly fishing. I will go gag fish on bait. And I have no problem with that whatsoever. There's these guys who are like, oh, well, the majesticness not, I, I, I'm telling you what right now, I'm, I'm out there. Number one, I want to eat them. So I don't care if they choke on the hook because that just makes them easier to get in. They ain't going to break off. Number two, uh, you know, if I'm out there fishing for trout and all that, I don't keep trout. So that's, that's all fair game on the fly rod. I love to fly fish for trout. Um, salmon, I, I fly fished for them. Uh, chum salmon eat everything. They're, they're a lot of fun on the fly rod. Um, you know, as far as Chinook and Coho go, I've, I've fished for them on the fly rod, not terribly successful. Uh, so I just stick to wads of eggs and spinners and twitching jigs. And uh, I just go out there and beat the crap out of them with that. And, uh, so yeah. Um, mostly a nympher that's what i do except when the dry bite kicks off then I, I love the dries and uh usually i just try to get the damn fly out there if you fish to the shoots you know how bad you hook on your back cast so yep. you can you can learn a new language on that river <laughs> yeah what, what did ryan say he said uh that he learned how to cuss on the shoots yes <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know of anybody that hasn't i mean i think you'd be 12 years old and you're like fuck you know just sitting there trying to unhook that thing you're like fuck god yeah so anyways that's that's about your experience on the shoots because you see the fish they're cracking in the eddy and you're not paying attention to what's behind you and you nope. wrap around you're either going to wrap around one of those stupid ass willows some sagebrush or you're going to wrap around a rock and I'm sure that there's some old hotshot smartass out there like, well, the pay attention to what you're doing, you know, roll cast. I'm like, dude, what if the trees are like over your head, coming down in front of you and behind you? I just kind of strip the line out and <laughs> like that, just kind of flip it out there. <laughs> I catch fish doing that. It's kind of stupid. But uh, Euronymphing, you, you, you really don't get that cast with Euronymphing. You're just kind of. It's just lobbing it. Yeah. You're just like, like that. It's talentless. Yeah. You just, I mean, I guess, I guess it's just, yeah, we're going to throw something out there. So that's kind of my deal. 
See, like, though, that anger when you get hooked on something behind you, like, that's why I roll cast. There are two things that flip me into, like, a blind rage. One is if my sleeve gets cut or caught in a cabinet and I get pulled back <laughs> walking through something. Two, if I get my fly caught in a tree or a bush behind me, immediately seeing red. I got to take it out of the equation. Just roll cast always. Cannot risk getting caught. I get to miss. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. I just, I think maybe part of it is, like, I feel like I got a real great cast going. I get caught. I'm like, I am super mad. I got to go get this thing out of the tree now. Not yeah. thrilled. It's, it's always that one more, too. <clears throat> it, it's it's literally that one more you're like yeah 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 yeah. i've got like i fish a lot of weighted lines so you know i get i get 25 35 foot of line out and then my next cast is my haul you know it, it's a roll cast pickup haul haul and you shoot it and it's gone no dude it's like haul haul and i i've broken two rods this last year <clears throat> by when i go on that forward haul and I rip down on my line and then my fly catches a bush or it catches, it catches a rock behind me because I fish a lot of like really steep banks and uh, I have broken two rods. Like I blew one up. I, I see, I blew one up on a stop sign. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I have some follow-ups about that. <laughs> yeah. Blew one up on a stop sign, blew one up on a, on a, a boulder. And that's my two rods I've completely destroyed this year. Hey, but uh, shout out to Max and Outfitters for the lifetime warranty. Completely unintentional. and <laughs> Made by anglers for people who fish. Yeah. <laughs> so more, more about the stop sign here. How did how'd you hook a stop sign? I was throwing a black sex under. And uh, it was this little pond in Tennessee. I'm fishing with my dad. And, you know, I'm like, well, I can't really, you cast too far back, you're in the road. And then, so I'm casting off to my side and, you know, I get it back and then forward and then I haul again, lines start shooting back. And as I come forward, I don't feel my, my line at all. I don't feel the tension. I was like, oh, so I, well, of course, what do I do? I, I haul more, I pull harder. And then I get tension on my line and my rod explodes. <laughs> Did it echo when it went, when it blew up? Dude, it blew up and it was literally like glass shattering. Oh, like, it literally exploded. Yeah, no, I mean, like I have my three piece or four piece rod was in like no shit, like seven pieces. Damn. It's a bad day. Yeah, blew up the top and mid section of the rod. <laughs> Did you have another rod on you, or like that was it? Done's over the day. Oh well, I had another rod on me, but it was my Euro rod. I mean that you know that one percent of not streamer fishing is Euro nymphing. So uh, started Euro nymphing this pond, which is really unrealistic. It's kind of like just dunking flies over into some weeds because you have a longer reach there's there, there's there's no current so there's no way to like drift the flies you're just you're just jigging way out here you're like reaching your arm out like tickling the fish's nose. yeah you're pretty much dapping, dapping except, with a, yeah. except with a fucking <laughs> chartreuse mop fly <laughs> and, I, I, and, a, and a largemouth smoked it too it was pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> 
just to add to the stupidity of the whole situation. Yeah, that was that was an interesting time. And then That's my awesome. dad's and then my dad's other having zero issues. Like he's been like you, you ever hang out with someone and they just kind of piss you off a little bit because they're so fucking good at what they do. It's like it's like you've been you've been you've been the driver of the struggle bus for like a year straight teaching yourself how to cast and stuff. And then I'm out there with my dad and he's fly fish like three times his entire life ever. And he's just like delicately laying out these long casts with like nine foot leaders on a fucking four weight and just catching bluegill on dry flies. I'm just like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why is it always our parents that, you know, we, we take him out and we're just like, Oh, Hey, you know, why don't you come out and fish? And like, I, I took my old man out fishing at this private pond. He doesn't really fish that much anymore. And I, I said, well, I, I, I pull out all these beautiful spinners. Like I got Mex and Meps XDs and I got, uh, you know, blood spinners and rooster tails. He's like, just give me a brown goddamn rooster tail. So the old man hooks it up and he starts throwing it out there and he hooks this fish. He's like, God damn it. You know, he reels it up and it's like a 23 inch rainbow. I'm like, when the hell did you catch that? He's like, oh no, I just threw it out there and reeled it back in. I don't know what your damn problem is. I'm over there like working a spoon and all this. I'm like, whatever. And then he goes over, he's like, oh, that was actually a pretty nice trout though, wasn't it? I'm like, shut up. God. And it's just like that. It's like, it's like, I spent all this time on the river. I got a boat. I do all this stuff. You just go out here and nuke the, these couple fish and you're just like, oh, I'm good to go. Oh, by the way, I need to wash my hands. You want to go get an iced tea? You know, it's like, seriously? No, it always Whatever. Oh, gotta work smart, not hard. I guess so. I, I guess so. This is the same guy that took an egg hook and put actual fire uh, Potsky eggs on it on a fly rod and went and outfished like all these gear guys on this little reservoir arm. These guys were so mad. I was like, what how you know he's like oh no they just want to eat something red i guess <laughs> you know like that can't even cast it's like, bang 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 you know limits out and it's done that's <laughs> ridiculous you know my dad my dad has said this my entire life he always said old age and treachery always overcome youth and skill and i'm starting <laughs> to, i'm starting to fucking believe that man <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Allie, do you have a similar experience to that? I mean, no, my parents, my dad is a first generation Italian immigrant. So I don't think he knew what fly fishing was until I started doing it three years yeah. ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome, <laughs> though. <laughs> Mom, not outdoors. Like, no one in my immediate family has really spent like a lick of time outdoors. So when I started fly fishing, like wanted to move out West, it was like, I was speaking a foreign language. Like, I'm still not sure they understand what it is I do, why I love to do it. Like my mom visited recently. She's like, oh, are you gonna take me out to fly fish? I was like, absolutely not. That sounds like a nightmare. No. <laughs> Man, take her out on a charter trip. Go down to Westport, go out there and take her tuna fishing 60 miles offshore. Ooh. They, they got bathrooms they got hot yeah. food yeah yeah maybe maybe her next trip out west will we'll do that but <laughs> maybe yeah, it's, it's only that. the north pacific it's not, not like anything can go wrong out there no it's super sick <laughs> nothing ever goes wrong out here yeah. <laughs> oh no wildly different experience i was like fishing as a kid by myself with my buddies that was just not something that interested any of my parents, even like, you know, a bunch of the people that I grew up with out East, like not a big outdoor group of folks. So I was, you know, 
the wild card, like cut from a different cloth, moved out here. And I was like, oh shit, people do like to fish. There are other people. I'm not, the <laughs> one. it's not just me and one person that fish. Like that's why I pivoted ladies and ladies, right? Ladies and ladies started out as like a burner Instagram account. I was, I was drunk at a bar in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I was with, was just like, we should just create an account on Instagram, post all our fishing bullshit, but not tell anyone about it because no one knows that we fish this much. I was like, yeah, let's do it. Her sister came up with ladies and ladies. We're like, that's sketchy. That'll stick. Just made the account. We're like, we'll post mustache filters and stupid shit like that. No one will ever look at it. And this will just be like our fun little thing. Moved and out. here we are today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm still posting mustache pictures. But like, you know, I met folks out here that were just like, I, you know, I was in a relationship. We broke up. I don't fish anymore. Like I used to fish with my dad and I want to learn how to, or like, I just don't know where to start. And I'm like, huh, I can pivot this to that. I can teach you. Cause like, I'm not, you know, like a 50 year old male that's been fishing for 40 years. So I feel like I'm a little bit more approachable when it comes to you know, you want to learn how to fish. I can show you how. I haven't been fishing for that long either. It's like a comfort level thing, right? So that's that's a hard pivot that we've taken. You know, mustache selfies still, but also like I can help you fish. Join me on this journey. So I guess that brings us to the the elephant in the room, right? And how many how many women anglers have we had on this podcast? I I, I, I want to say three. Well, we had Sierra, we yeah. had oh, four. Amanda. So we had Catherine, Sierra, yeah. Amanda, and Misty. And Misty, and now Miss Allie. So we have five. So Allie's number five. Are we good? Well, so here, here's the elephant in the room. Um, as, as the female angler, and, and I'm going to ask this because this is something that comes up. Now, I know that there's some people that are, that are really outspoken about this. You don't necessarily go through this, but I think there again, like every other female angler we've interviewed on this podcast, you're not like out doing these, you know, like sexualized photos that, you know, I, I'll just throw it out there. You're not doing like these sexualized photos of like bikini holding fish with the, you know, a bunch of bullshit, you know, all this other stuff your your fishing adventures and everything else it's real and i think that's where the appreciation comes in number one but have you come up against anything barrier wise as a female angler where people aren't really willing to uh share knowledge share information or you get treated in a different way just just because like you roll into a shop and they're like oh here's a girl you know <laughs> what she know because the, the old the the old buzzards were like that, but I noticed that the newer generations like, oh, cool. There's, you know, somebody else to go fish with. You ever run into that? I will say, despite it being like a heavily male-dominated sport or arena, I I don't think it's one where like I felt ever like very uncomfortable talking about fishing with you know, anyone or like walking into a fly shop. Maybe sometimes there's been, you know, folks that are kind of less head, like I'll walk around, look through stuff and they won't come up and talk to me. But then like you talk to them and as soon as they realize, you know what you're discussing, you're asking questions, like you're clearly interested and know your shit. I think they become more willing to talk to you. So maybe it's more so, you know, they just assume you're a female. You don't know your shit. You're just in here because someone told you to be in here. Or like you're with one of the guys in the store. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say like my experience with 
guides on trips has more so been, you know, they want to set the lines for me. They want to like, you know, tie my flies and do less explaining, right? It's never like a why we're doing what we're doing. So I feel like I leave those experiences. Like I didn't really learn anything. I caught a shit ton of fish, had a great time, but I don't leave feeling like I could pass that knowledge on other people, right? So I, I think there's a lot of work to do in this arena. I think Washington in particular is like a very close-knit male-driven fly mm -hmm. fishing community, which is tough. Um, Washington more so than a lot of the other places I've experienced, unfortunately. Um, but I mean, there are tons of women out there and I don't think the way to get fly vision popular with women or gain some traction is by posting those bullshit pictures. Yeah. Like, that's, that's not the way we're going to do it. Like whenever I look on my feed or like the, whatever Instagram's version of a for you page is, and it's just like women in bikinis holding this yeah. monster fish. I'm like, what is this? Uh, it's dumb. Like, <laughs> like I'll just I flat out say it. it. Yeah, I, I, I know that there's some young kids that are like, oh, yeah, she's hot, you know, you know, but it's like, just call the fucking snap on truck and get the half nudie calendar and put it up on your toolbox if that's what you want to look at. I, when, when I honestly, in, in all honesty, when I think about fishing, I want to see people that are like doing the shit for real. I don't care if you're male, female, black, white, you know, whatever wherever you're from i want to see people doing cool shit fishing i that's all i care about i don't want to see i don't want to see this phony shit like i said that's where it's like you're floating down the river you do a mustache pick and you got a beer i'm like looks like a good time to me nine times out of ten the pictures i've post there's not even a fish in it i know it's that's the thing me on a river with a mustache I'm like i'm having a great day everyone like everyone should be out here fishing like i'm not standing there in my bikini holding some like 15 pound fish that i probably didn't catch I, I like that's that's not what drew me to fishing that's not what like i'm not trying to address or attract the demographic that is drawn to those types of pictures like that's to me that's not what i want to see so that's not what i'm putting yeah. out there i'm going to put out the stupid bullshit and you know maybe educate a few folks in the you know in the process that's it that's the goal it's just have fun get people stoked about fishing yeah that that is the best fucking goal i mean <clears throat> the whole thirst trap thing is it's such it's so bad <clears throat> it's great for the industry but it's bad for the sport mm -hmm. oh that's an that's an interesting way to put it honestly and i totally agree yeah it's a it, it's a real gross misuse of social media but i guess that's a lot of it uh, I'm, I'm just i really do appreciate like true blue women anglers like y'all are crushing it and it's awesome mm -hmm. and it's just like, i don't know I, I i every time i see one of those pictures on instagram i, I literally block their account i know that's like maybe stupid but i don't want to see it I, I don't want to see ads like that. I don't want to see pages like that. I want to see fish. I want to see flies. I want to see people posting, you know, their Christmas tree pictures with their families. I want to see stuff that brings me joy. And that's mm -hmm. not, that's not half naked women holding fish that they probably, like you said, didn't catch. Didn't catch themselves. Because <laughs> I'm like, I, I see that shit. I'm like, I don't know if I'm interacting with a person or interacting with some bot account. Like, I, I want to see something that like makes some, it's personal, right? Like I, I want to see like a glimpse under the kimono, right? And I, I feel unfortunately like when people post those 
glamorized pictures or sexualized pictures, whatever it is they're posting. I feel like it sets women back in a way, right? Because that, that's what creates a stereotype. Like that's the woman angler, right? Like that's what all women are doing out in a river. And that's our goal to post these pictures and get likes by looking, you know, like hot in a picture. And that's not it. That's not, that's not what we want. And it hurts, unfortunately. You know, as a, as a father of two girls, I, I, um, it, it bothers me to, to, to uh, a pretty high extent, uh, to think that the, the people that they're absorbing in social media, uh, though that kind of person's what has prevalence and people like yourself and Amanda and Misty and, uh, you know, Sierra and, and Catherine, they get, you guys all kind of get like marginalized in a lot of ways as far as like the logarithm and all this other stuff right yeah i i want to see my my daughter see people like you where it's not like this this glamour shot fucking photoshopped horse shit i want them to see like dude you know there's there's women out there they're climbing mountains they're sailing around the world they're catching big ass fish they're shooting big ass deer and elk and you know going after cape buffalo whatever you know i don't i don't care what your political version but i want them to see women doing these badass things and not needing to sell their body to get people's attention like people need to respect the fact that there's a person out here let's let's remove gender completely there's a person out here doing something fucking cool now i don't think there's anything more fun than floating a river with a can of beer you know that i mean when you have a fly rod in your hand that's pretty badass too you got a fish hooked up and you've caught a buzz and a fish now that's that now we're talking that, that's like that's like taking the whole gravy boat and drinking it and then just kind of shoving the potatoes in with the gravy coming out of your mouth because that's just like the best thing ever right yeah what um, i started fishing right that that's what attracted me to fishing it wasn't people just like standing there like all pose holding a giant fish it was like people sitting in a river with a can of beer I'm like that's an activity i can do you mean to tell me <laughs> i can get up early start drinking a beer at 8 a.m and like that's cool and i can hell yeah in a river in these waders all day long and stay dry i'm like yes yeah, sign me up like that's what i wanted to do and like that's the content that i want to put out there like if one person looks at my stupid post and is like yeah, absolutely. That looks sick. I'm going to do that too. Then that's a win. That like, that's all I want just to get people stoked and be like, I can do this too. This is attainable. Like, yeah, you can work a, a stupid 40 hour, you know, job, but also go fishing all these cool places. Yeah. Sign me up with a stupid mustache filter. That's how we get. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Mustache works. That's it. Tried and tested. <laughs> So have you been able to kind of like wrangle up a lot of women that are interested in the sport and be able to kind of help mentor or what, what are, so you talked about a retreat. Have you been going to a lot of events for uh, female anglers? So I try to stay involved with United Women on the Fly and a lot of their events. They put out some great stuff, just like a lot of educational things, which is, I think that's terrific. You know, I think there's stuff to be said about these retreats where you kind of just go and you get instruction for a day and that's it. I like the teaching that actually gives you something tangible that you can take home and pass that shit on other people, right? Um, so I try to stay involved with their events. Uh, one of the other women in the group runs this organization, Weight and Wellness, and she does a bunch of retreats that, again, teaches women, teaches females like how to get out there and fish, how to be independent. 
Um, and then like locally to Seattle, I partnered with like a few folks, few companies here, outdoor companies, just to kind of do workshops where, you know, it's like your standard, I'm an accountant at the end of the day. So I love a PowerPoint, right? So I'll put my little PowerPoint together, be like, here's all the things you need to know about fishing. Then like the second session is here's a fly rod. We're going to tie some knots. We're going to pick some flies. Like we're going to teach you how to be on the water, be able to do it yourself without me standing over your shoulder. And then third time we'd go out on the river and we fish around Washington. Got my first person on a fish a few months ago on the salt in, and it was super exciting. Like arguably yeah. more exciting to get someone else on a fish than myself. I didn't catch a thing that day. She got a tiny little ramp. I was like, this is amazing. So that's it. One fish hooked. Like, I, I've had a lot of opportunities to meet a lot of really great female anglers through ladies and ladies, you know, people just messaging me or like asking to meet up and go fishing or asking if I want to partner on like branding, like different women's programs for fly shops in the area. Like it's, it's been a great way to build a community of females out here that want to fish, that want to be outdoors, that want to teach other folks how to fish, especially moving out here, not knowing anyone. So my first community was a bunch of people that fished. I was like, this is exactly what I was looking for. The goal is just keep growing that. That that's awesome. Uh, that is Brian's gonna laugh at this, but that's refreshing. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking talk. <laughs> that's John's punchline, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> I've been trying not to say it because I really no. You I need say to it. say it. Remember, I, I say it all the time. But it we, is. remember, we have this whole idea. We're not going to talk about it right now, but we have this we have this scheme that's going to involve. No, you, that's you, have these, you have these delusions of grandeur. I'm just yeah, I do. <laughs> I'm very delusional, <laughs> but, but I, will, I will make something happen. It, it'll be ridiculous and awesome at the same time. <laughs> oh. I, I think it's good, though, that uh, you do have the fly shops reaching out to you, you know, the, the, the fly community in, in, in the Pacific Northwest, in, in Washington in particular. I think it's really good. And I think it's an example that people can take uh, anywhere in, in, in the U.S. Uh, you know, really, I think that there's there's a, a ton of fantastic uh, female anglers, period. I, I Not even on the fly, but um, take take. Uh, you know, female anglers that are all conventional anglers <clears throat> offshore. I mean, I, I can tell you right now, like some of our best anglers that are offshore are female. They captain their own ships and they run out 60 to 80 miles and they're catching tuna and Dorado. And I mean, just whipping on fish and they're good because they're, you know, as an educator myself, this is what I'll say is that my female students in, in the trade that I, and I teach welding, my female students are more meticulous, more patient, more detail oriented, and, and physically more, uh, uh, the, uh, infinitely, uh, oh gosh, what's that? Uh, dexterity. Yeah. In, in infinite fine dexterity, uh, in that physicality of it, which is what is really required in fly fishing. Like, there's there's a lot of men out there that are fantastic legendary fly fly anglers that are men but i find more and more that women tend to hook up on a hell of a lot more fish than the guys do 
And I'm not afraid to admit that because there's something to be said about that, that concentration, the factor, the patience. If I start breaking off a lot, I get fucking pissed. You know, uh, chances are a woman's going to be like, yeah, whatever, it's just this. I'm like, fuck, you know, I'm ready to just snap my rod and, you know, do that. But um, I think that's a good thing. Are you getting any traction with it, though? With reaching out to fly shops? Well, with fly or- shops, I, I, I kind of feel like fly shops, especially in our area, should be reaching out to you. But are you getting any traction from your end? Um. I mean, I think it's picking up. I think it's a slow burn out here, but like, you know, there are a lot of places that are starting to introduce their own women's angling programs, right? Or hiring like women to run these programs at their fly shops specifically. And like, that's their sole focus. Like you'd love to see things like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think we still unfortunately have a long runway here to, you know, gain a little bit more traction, but it's a slow burn. I mean, as long as we're making progress and not taking a step back, like I think it's a win. And I think you do see more and more female anglers being featured in places, right? Magazines, websites, whatever it is. Like it's great to see that. It's just, it's unfortunately like we're a little bit behind. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. I, I still think I, I'll, I'll just keep saying it again and again. I think that there's, there's definitely uh still kind of a shortcoming uh, on the welcoming part in the community of angling period for women. I, I really do. Same thing with hunting. I still think that there's a big, a major deficit and shortfall in, in the hunting, uh, uh, you know, boating, all these other things. I don't, I don't think that we need to say, well, this is a predominantly male thing anymore. We just need to say here, here's, let's throw the door open. Let's make this happen. I I don't know what it is about fishing. I was listening to one of your podcast or podcast episodes earlier this morning, and someone was speaking about um, just how they use this app to go on and like say like, "Hey, I caught a fish here. I'm gonna go post my fic- or my picture of the fish here." And he would get actual like people commenting on it, be like, "Don't post where you're fishing." Like, did not want to share any sort of information. Like, come at other people for sharing information. That's the type of mentality I just don't understand. Right? Like. Maybe I'll keep a honey hole location to myself for a little bit, but generally, like if someone asks, I'm more than happy to share the wealth. I don't understand the gatekeeping aspect of it. And, you know, I I think that was another thing that kind of drew me to pivoting ladies and ladies to a community and not a bullshit burner was just if people have information, you have knowledge, like, and it's something that I'm passionate about. In my mind, I want other people to be as passionate as I am. So if I know something, I'm going to share it. So I, I agree. I don't get why the gatekeeping in the fishing and hunting communities, especially just feels very prevalent, but it is, mm-hmm. I think it, it gets better maybe a little bit as the generation or generations kind of age out a little bit. And, you know, it's more so folks that are, you know, around our ages kind of leading the show. I hope to see it go in a different direction, but it's, it's a problem. And I mean, I can't speak to any other outdoor sporting communities i'm not sure if it's prevalent there as well john and i i i believe early on we talked about the gatekeeping uh, probably a lot more because we've been just we love our guests so much we love people like you because you bring just a, such a different perspective i'm so glad now i'm gonna say it's refreshing <laughs> gotcha <laughs> uh, i'm gonna say it's refreshing that you bring that term back up 
and and maybe John wants to elaborate a little bit after this, but there there has been nothing but a staunch gatekeeping on angling for so long. I'm not talking about spot burning. I'm talking about like you can't do this because you don't have this or you can't do that. That's what we're talking about. You know, the the boys and all this other stuff. It's like that whole thing. And John can probably elaborate a little bit more than what I'm going to elaborate, but that has to stop. This is not just for the group of people that can go spend $8,000 on gear. This, I don't care where you get your rod. Go down to Walmart and buy a $5 Scooby-Doo rod. You'll catch fish. We have friends that have caught fish on that and they actually go target oversized sturgeon on those things just to prove like oh yeah it's gonna break but you can do it you know but i mean john you want to elaborate a little bit more on that um, uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm trying it, it gets me pretty hot like yeah. uh gate gatekeeping is you know we were talking about it's you know we said good for the industry bad for the sport Gatekeeping is just blatantly bad for the sport. I mean, we're thankfully the the younger generations are they're getting it right. You know, it's we're we're moving past those the tweed vests and the the Patagucci assholes and the you know the Orvis clad fly fishers. And see a little. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Columbia. Oh, <laughs> thank God. I was sitting here thinking, oh God, she's wearing Patagonia. Oh, all Patagonia no. clothes. <laughs> nope, not me. Thank God. Anyways, <laughs> continue, John. Yeah, but it's just being, I don't know, open about the sport. It, it's so it's so crucial for the survivability of it. It's is honestly it's paramount for their survival of the sport and the fisheries. It's not, I mean, you can't fucking fish if there's no fish, right? So that goes hand in hand with conservation. You know, you, you teach people good angling ethics. You don't teach people to be assholes. You know, they pick that up naturally. You don't have to teach anyone how to be a dickhead. But um, you, you're able to teach conservation. You're able to teach them a skill that could bring them the up, you know, just complete peace. That's what it does to me. That's what fly fishing is to me. Even when I'm snapping rods on stop signs, you know, it's, it's, that's what it is. And you, I'm not talking about spot burning, right? But just literally saying, oh, no, 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 don't even waste your time going there. You don't, you, your rod's not long enough. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't have the right fly line. Well, it's, it's not all about that. A lot of it's, you, you can catch a whole lot of fish with really low, uh, low cost gear. The, the entry into fly fishing costs a little bit more, I would say, than other angling tactics, but it's, uh, it's not the end of the world. I would, I would reach out and find someone else that's got some rods before you go buy one, though. <laughs> I mean, I continue to buy fly rods hoping that one day all of my friends will want to fly fish with me. I can outfit an entire family if they want to come fishing. But <laughs> the 
problem is like when you look at people fishing, right? What they're posting and what you know they're promoting, yeah. it's all these rods that are like 600, 700 bucks. You start to think like that's what I need to catch a fish. No, my first kit was $120. And you know what? I caught a shit ton of trout with that rod and it worked just fine. You don't need the best gear. You're like, you don't need Patagonia waders. Nine times out of 10, waders are waders. That's it. Like, I, even like the boots, are like, yeah, higher cost to entry. I'm yeah, fine. But I don't like how we make it so prevalent to the point where like you think you need to shell out thousands of dollars to get a foot in the door. Oh, no, no, not no. Yeah, I, I, it just floors me. You fish Bend, right? Mm. You, you go down there. Uh, so you fish like the Metolius and Fall River. Okay. What, what's, what's your average? I, I go down there and I've never, first of all, I've never ran into more like down payments for homes worn on a body than on the Metolius River. The Fall River is kind of, it's, it's just kind of like a hatchery pond. It's, it's cool because you catch big fish there, but it's kind of a hatchery pond. Now, the Metolius is a little different story, but it's always funny to go down there with my with all the egg juice and shit down the front of my waders. Yeah. So you're like, how did your waders get pink? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I don't I don't just fly fish, you know, uh, you, you notice it smells like uh, herring, on, <laughs> you know, um, so. But it's always funny because I see like you, you get this. There's a look. There's a look, and maybe I'll have to make a video of the like the Patagucci ass hat look. You put on the big, whatever fucking glasses. I don't even know what kind of fucking glasses they buy. Anyways, I, they they have this these glasses on, and the guy shows up and he's got the flat bill like this, you know, and and, and he's out there and he's like scanning like I can see every trout in the river, and he's got like this massive like thousand fifteen hundred dollar rod set up and he's got like nine hundred dollar waiters it's like you just walked out of the fly shop and got fucked in ben i see that i'm immediately like you look like an idiot have you <laughs> fish before my waiters are covered in grass stains and like yeah. I, I have two pairs and one of them has a hole i still wear it i don't really care i'm like looking around for the camera for the photo op i'm like is uh, am i caught in the middle of a fucking commercial or something i mean come on <laughs> well, there's the people. I'm just like you're an idiot. Like you don't know what you're doing. You went into a fly shop, thought that you needed seven hundred dollar waders, and like it's only Patagonia, Patagonia or bus. I'm like, hmm. no, yeah. Patagonia's fly fishing stuff isn't even that great. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like they're a climbing company, anyways. So yeah. So like, great luck. Good luck for you. Yeah. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I wore sneakers, like. For a long time with in my waders, I wet I, I wet wait until the water hits like fifty. And then it's it's just it's too cold. Yeah. But it's like uh, I wore sneakers for a long time, and then my, my wading boots are they were fifteen dollars. <laughs> they they are all rubber and they zip up. They don't keep out the gravel. Uh, they they slip on everything. I've broken two toes waiting in them, but you know what? That's my waiting boots, and I'm not changing. Fifty dollars right there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's a it's a twenty five dollar headache and a fifteen dollar pair of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. But uh, it's it, you know waiters. I think my waiters were like fifty bucks. You know, like you you can get in for super. They don't leak, by the way. 
I paid hundred for mine and they leak. So there, there you go. Yeah. You know, it's a, and you don't even need waiters and all that stuff. It's just, man, it doesn't have to be what it was painted out. And that's the industry. That's the industry being hungry, hungry to feed their wallets. Yeah. It's like, you need the people like us that are like, you don't need to unload all of your, like your entire paycheck on gear. Like, here's what you need. Here's what you can live without. Here are the brands I would use. And that's it. You don't need the nicest shit to fly fish. You just need to get in the water. That's it. Exactly. Hands down. But by the way, like, uh, Brian knows that Kelly Gallup is like my, my, uh, fly fishing, like idol in a lot of ways, you know, for, uh, I'm not getting teared up. My nose is running. Um, it's okay. I had to put, put away my shrine. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, Joan Wolf, uh, I actually wrote college papers about Joan Wolf. She, uh, she is like, it's Kelly for fly design and then it's Joan Wolf literally for everything else that she's done for the sport. Hmm. Look her up. Oh, you should. Yeah. I mean, legendary. Absolutely legendary. She, um, she has mentored so many women. She opened up. Uh, you've got, you've got to look her up. If you know, Joan Wolf will change your life. Like, seriously. See, like, even someone like that that was that big in the industry, like, why do, why is she not more commonly known? Or why is she not discussed more? She, she's like the mother of fly fishing. Mm-hmm. Like, quite, quite literally. I'll and flat she, out state it. I'll, I'll state it because she's a woman. And, you know, and that, and that was funny because she was, she's a world class, literal world class caster. Um, she won, she beat men in casting competitions. In fact, that they had to change their rules about line weights and runs because she beat them. She beat every fucking one of them. There's this really dope ass picture of her in a dress casting a fly rod. That's amazing. And, and they did that actually for a marketing thing, like because they wanted her to look elegant. They, and uh, so they wanted her to go cast in a dress. And, you know, she talked, she talks about that some, and she's like, she's very well-spoken, very well, you know, ar- articulate, but, uh, and, you know, you got like the Royal Wolf pattern, you know, the, the yep. fly that I've never caught anything on, but so many but, people swear by it. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, Ryan loves tying it, Ryan Morgan. I, you know, I, honestly, I think it's because, it's so many, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's because these rainbows have like extra chromosomes down here or what, but I've never caught something on the Royal Wolf, but the Royal Wolf exists because of Joan Wolf and her husband. Yep. There, there's a lot of really awesome history there that I would, I would implore you to check out. She will literally change your life. And if you suck at casting, uh, go watch her, uh, her videos on how to cast on YouTube. It was all put out. It was from a DVD, but uh, one of the companies, I think it was R.L. Winston, put it out on their YouTube. Um, that taught me how to fly cast. Okay. Like, like she can take you from zero to hero. And by hero, I mean, get you well enough to catch fish in like 30 minutes with, without ever Damn physically good. being there to like correct you because it's, she, she lays it all down in a way you can understand. It, it's not, 
it's not all the physics of it. You don't need the physics to understand how to fly. It's cool to know the physics. Like, don't don't get it twisted, right? Everyone likes to be a nerd about what they're passionate about. Like potato, I fucking love potato. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, but for fly casting, it's very relative. You know, it's, um, she makes it so comprehensible. Uh, I mean, she's a gem. She's an absolute gem. If there's one person that I want to meet in the fly fishing industry, it would be Joan Wall, without a doubt. Do my homework. Definitely. Good stuff. Well, you know what? We're we're actually past our hour, which is fine. I'm not. We get to run the show, so we get to uh, say how long this goes. But um, kind of closing out here, you know, I think we just had probably the best part of the whole conversation. Like, why are we doing this? Why, you know, well, not why are we? Why are you doing this? What are you know? What are you doing? But I guess the last thing I want to ask is, is what are your next plans? What, what do you got planned next outside of mustache Monday? And we know that comes every week. Yeah. I'm gonna keep my mustache content coming. Don't worry. I mean, that's the million dollar question, right? I, I feel like I'm so passionate about this. I just have so many different ideas. And when you're a one person show, it's kind of difficult to focus that energy in just one direction. So I'm just casting a bunch of wide nets, right? I'm focused on getting a few women's angling programs up and running. I'm working on getting my website up and running. And then ideally by the end of 2023, we'll be out there guiding. So fingers crossed. Yeah. In the fire though. It's a lot of exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, so what can what can our listeners do to help you or how can they find you? What what can our working class fishing family do to help you out? Send me a message. I'm building a community. I just want to meet folks that are out there that are like minded, that are passionate, that want to help other folks learn how to fish and chase this passion as well. Right. I, I want folks to reach out that want to help further this women, men. I mean, you know, ladies and waiters is very much geared towards female anglers, but there are a ton of men that are ladies and waiters as well. And those are the folks I want to meet, the ones that want to further this. Help me get people in the water, especially in Washington. Awesome. So where can people come find you at then? That's ladies the and ladies on Wait. Instagram. Uh, do you have any other uh, social media presence, any YouTube, anything else like that? I have the domain for ladiesandladies.com, but it is a work in process because again, as an accountant, I'm not a web developer. So what might take someone like one month to put together has taken me about six, but it will be up. Stay tuned for ladiesandladies.com. So follow <laughs> you on IG right now, ladies I and ladies. I do, that's where I'm at. Okay. Uh, favorite beer? Ooh. This is going to sound biased again. I love Rainier. I don't care if it's a trash. Rainier beer. beer. <laughs> yeah. John doesn't know. He's just like, no you fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many of those Rainier cans I raked out from underneath my grandpa's tree out front? I think I think I bought myself like a, a couple rooster tails and like off the bottle deposit down here. I think I got like six or seven rooster tails a couple oaky drifter pre-tie rigs and like a couple buckets of worms grandpa drank a lot <laughs> that's the case of that stuff is probably 10 bucks there yeah. you go it's a steal talk about being economical rainier no. beer yeah rainier <laughs> beer olympia it's the water you know so yeah that's my last plug here everyone drink rainier support a great brewery 
absolutely absolutely it's got a big red r on it yeah i'd love to see it <laughs> yeah right on well ali thank you so much for coming on thank you for sharing your story thank you for everything you're doing for the the angling community yeah yeah thanks for having me this was great it's awesome talking to you both right on. yeah all right i'm just gonna drop now uh well um uh, everyone Thanks for hanging out. Allie, thanks so much for coming on. And this episode was brought to you by Maxim Outfitters, Lid Rig, 317 Flies, Angry Rooster Fly Company, and Morris Fly Co. And make sure that you go and check us out on all of our social media. That's where you will find Ladies and Waities is over on Instagram at Working Class Fishing, WC Fish on Facebook, or the Working Class Fishing Podcast page. You can also find us on YouTube under Working Class Fishing Podcast. And on YouTube, you can jump over and you can check out John Morris over at Morris Flyco. Uh, check out his new YouTube channel. He's posting a lot of good stuff. You can check me out over at PNW Vintage Fishing if you want to get directly in contact with me. Uh, you can also find this on the Go Wild app under Working Class Fishing. And that is everywhere we are at right now. So everybody, thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a great day. And John, what do they need to do? Uh, eat your vegetables. Right on. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs>